worry, everybody. The new episode is coming right up. But first, I want to remind you there are three quick ways that you can support the Fat Guy Forum and help the show keep going. First, make sure that you have rated and reviewed the show on whatever pod service you're using, whether that is Apple, Spotify, or whatever it is. Make sure you're doing that. Two, you can join the Patreon for a few dollars a month. You get access to the after show. You help keep things going because this show does have costs. And you're able to be a part of the Fat Guy Forum community that I would love to see grow, get your input on what you want to see going on with the show, and more. And the third and final way, if you can't join the Patreon, but you're buying products for yourself that I'm an affiliate for, like Redmond Real Salt and Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, there are links and codes in the show notes where you will save money when you use them, and I get a little bit to help things going here. So, please... Pick at least one of those ways to support the show if you enjoy listening to it on a regular basis. And know that I appreciate whatever you choose to do. And now let's get on with the episode. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fat Guy Forum, which is part two of my discussion with Todd, a.k.a. the Carnivore Cure. When we left off in his story in the first episode, and believe me, if you have not listened to last week's episode, you're going to want to stop this, go back, listen, and then catch up. Todd was coming off of two years being basically chair-ridden at over 700 pounds, and he had made a decision about moving forward. Let's get into what that decision was and where it's taken him to today. appreciate y'all for listening. Here we go. And uh, I was just stuck there, you know, and I I didn't know. I, I don't know what my highest weight was really. It could have been 750 pounds or higher. Uh, I really don't know. But finally, in September 28th of 2022, I was like, I am doing keto again, but this time I'm going to do super strict keto. I'm just going to do like whole foods, carcivorous mm-hmm. vegetables, and meat and dairy was basically the plan. And just like olive oil and avocado oil. And that was it. And so I started making taco salads again. That was always my kind of go-to keto meal because I'd just make ground beef and I'd get like a, a spring mix of lettuce that was like kale, arugula, spinach, and chard. Uh, and I would cook up some taco meat. I was using some taco seasoning and a little bit of hot sauce, but mostly it was taco meat, um, that lettuce, and some cheese and sour cream, and a little bit of hot sauce and pickled jalapenos. And I was eating that, and I ordered a um, blood meter that would check your ketones so that I could see if I was in ketosis. And here I was, I kept eating these tacos, taco salads a week, two weeks, and I was just not getting into ketosis. I was just under it, but I was not in the range of ketosis. So I was like, all right, I just got to, you know, I'd watched enough videos by this point, read enough books and understood that I'd screwed up because I was doing the dirty keto. And I knew that, um, Dairy for a lot of people was stalling foods that would keep them out of ketosis and that you can have too much protein too, and that'll knock you out of ketosis. So I was just like, all right, I just started cutting the dairy in half, the cheese and sour cream, I'd cut it in half and cut it in half again, and I'd get closer to being in ketosis. And then I took out the the hot sauce, and then I eventually took out the... uh, I took out the uh, taco seasoning out of the meat, which was not fun because... No, it's not a taco salad mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> now it's just ground um, beef on lettuce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's ground beef on lettuce, and and I was using pepper still. And 
And at the same time, I was this whole time I was still drinking diet sodas and diet drinks. And I read about how bad the aspartame and stuff is on your stomach, uh, you know, your stomach microbiome and your digestion. So I was watching Dr. Berg at the time and he said uh, he had a good idea where he said, get this particular kind of lemon juice. It's called the organic volcanic lemon juice out of Italy. And they sell it at stores here in the United States and you can order it online. But he said, take that and get like a sparkling water and use that lemon juice and sparkling water to make like a lemonade. And you can use a little bit of liquid stevia to sweeten it. And then you can put some electrolytes in there and make like a soda replacement, you know. And so I did that and I kind of came up with the system. I'd use the the bubbly, the lime bubbly, which is like a sparkling water made by Pepsi. And I get like the lime bubbly and do four cans of that, 10 ounces of that lemon juice. And then I'd use Dr. Berg's electro lemonade flavored electrolyte powder that already had stevia in it. And I put four scoops of that in there, put it in a gallon jug, fill it up with ice and drink that. And so that's what I was doing now. That was the only thing I was drinking. And uh, I was down to just meat, lettuce, and black pepper. And I was like, I was really getting tired of lettuce. First of all, I didn't enjoy it at all. And second of all, you know, I I don't have any mobility. So I'm ordering groceries on Instacart. And when you order lettuce, it's got a shelf life of like two days before it turns into a slimy brown experiment, you know. And so I was throwing away all this lettuce and it was getting gross, you know. And I'm like, I don't enjoy this anyways. <laughs> so I uh, I just got rid of the lettuce and now I'm eating ground beef and black pepper. And so, uh, and I was drinking this uh, lemon drink and I'd, I was doing that and I did that for about four and a half, five weeks. And lo and behold, something magical happened. Uh, I just stopped craving sugar. And I stopped craving, you know, I'd been craving stuff, but something flipped right there in that, in that time. And I started, I wasn't even craving the lemon juice anymore. I was craving water like crazy though. And so then when I was drinking this lemon drink, <clears throat> about four and a half weeks in, something magic happened. I just, first of all, I wasn't craving any soda for the first time. I wasn't having any carb cravings for the first time. and like the depression anxiety was gone nothing to speak of and uh i just like i started getting leptin sensitivity back and so i was extremely satiated all the time and for the first time in my life like i did not i was not being just bombarded with cravings for soda in fact i started craving water not even the lemon drink and so that was right at the end of December. And so the, I was like, all right, come January 1st, 2023, I'm going to go full carnivore. And all that I had left to do <laughs> was basically take out the black pepper and stop drinking the lemon drink, you know? And so I did that on uh, January 1st, 2023. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was the magic combination. I mean, basically, I went B, 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 and E, which if you don't know what that is in the carnivore world, it's uh, bacon, uh, butter, beef, and eggs, and so, and salt, uh, and then water. And as, and pretty much that's where I've been since, right? But I got to that where it was just uh, easy, and that's when all the, when, when, the, when the cravings went away, 
and I had leptin sensitivity back, it was just a, a, a magical game changer because uh, you didn't go to bed hungry anymore. <laughs> you weren't on that edge holding on by your fingertips where you're losing your grip, you know? Like, I didn't go to bed hungry and wake up praying to that today wasn't going to be the day that I was going to lose my grip and come off the rails, you know? It just it started becoming easy, you know? And uh, it was just a, it was just a game changer for me, you know. Things just started really taking off. Uh, the fluid started coming off of me. Um, my oxygen started getting so much better. Um, I could just feel energy. I was sleeping better. I was getting into more of a REM sleep. Um, it just all started adding up. But the most incredible part was, for the first time in in my life, at any time that I had ever experienced. I didn't have to, you know, I, I wasn't craving carbs. I wasn't thinking about, you know, thinking about all these foods that I can't eat. <laughs> like it wasn't just completely taken over my head anymore where I would worry about all the things that I shouldn't eat or couldn't eat and, and things that I had to watch out for. And, you know, cause at this time my mom's living with me and, uh, you know, she's still eating donuts and cake and pie and, you know, tacos and ordering food and eating pizza, you know? And for the first time, like, none, it didn't matter. I, I could walk in the kitchen and there could be donuts and pizza out there and I could care less, you know? It, it just had no hold over me all of a sudden, you know? And that was, uh, that was amazing. And then I realized that, you know, that's what it takes for some people. You, you really, even the carcivorous vegetables and the fruit and stuff can keep you on this insulin roller coaster and keep the carb addiction alive and uh, can keep you from really having leptin sensitivity and leptin sensitivity is, is incredible, you know? Well, and that's, and just probably, you know, they're, they're for people listening that haven't dealt with some of these challenges, like they're, it's, it can be hard for them to really kind of understand even what you're talking about with that idea of leptin sensitivity, like understanding that, like, your body's sensitivity to and production of, of the hunger hormones and the signals that you're satiated were completely screwed up for a long time. For sure. Yeah. I mean, to kind of give people a little bit of a backstory yeah. on that, you know, basically when you're insulin resistant, you have a really high level of insulin in your body and, and insulin is a extremely dominant hormone and it blocks your brain's ability to receive signals from leptin and leptin is your first line of of uh appetite you know uh, uh satiety hormone you know so it tells you when you've had enough food it tells you to stop eating you know and you have another one in your body which makes sense to me now which is the stretch markers in your stomach and that's why people that are insulin resistant find that their relationship with satiety is relative to how much you know how stuffed they are they have to feel that stuffed feeling in their stomach and that's that's not that's not by accident it's because you you don't have that first that first line of of appetite satiety with leptin so you have to go by that and and the only thing that shuts your brain off from screaming for food uh is the stretch markers in your stomach and so I actually used that because uh, as, you know, as as a person that knows how, you know, 
uh, electronic switches work <laughs> and how controls work. I kind of think that way. And, and so I realized I came up with this plan because I, I was starting to realize that the things that would trigger me to have a real bad carb craving or a real bad day and were that, that would endanger me of going off the rails is if I had a bad night, if I go to bed hungry and I have a bad night's sleep and I wake up full of cortisol and anxiety, that's like the worst trigger for me that's going to put me off the rails, right? It's like the weakest state that I could possibly be in that I'm in the most danger of doing, you know, having everything fall apart. So I started recognizing those cycles and that those were the things that were really, um, really hurting me. And so I had, <laughs> I had like an emergency protocol that I built. And, and what I would say is, all right, if you wake up and you're like, okay, I, I, today I just can't do it anymore. This has all been a lie. I, you know, I was just lying to myself. Like I can't do keto or carnivore anymore. It's too restrictive. All these thoughts would come into my head. And so when I started having that, it's like, all right, you can give in and you can go off the rails if you want. But before you do, you have to get up, go and make bacon or steak or eggs, and you have to eat it until you trigger that stretch sensor in your stomach. And then you got to give it one hour. And after one hour of doing that, if you still feel like you have to have pizza or soda or whatever, then by all means, go for it. And so that was my emergency protocol because I was like, I'm going to try to trigger these stretch marks, stretch markers in my stomach to shut my brain off and to shut the, the cravings down. And man, when I implemented that, that was, the, <laughs> that was the golden ticket, man. It never failed to not work. It worked 100% of the time and even crazier, which I now know I was listening to Kelly Hogan on her YouTube channel the other day, and she was talking about. She was talking about how there's actually a lot of power in those cravings because if you take those, uh, you can actually cause a anticipatory uh, dopamine fix. And so basically, and this resonated with me when I heard this because I think back to how I'd be having a stressful day and I would be thinking, man, when I get off work, I'm going to town and I'm going to get a pizza and I'm going to get, you know, pizza and chicken wings and I'm going to get a bunch of, you know, a couple of tall uh, Coca-Colas, you know, and just thinking about that would kind of relax you and make you feel better. You didn't even have to do it. You just the anticipatory endorphin fix that you would get from thinking about what you're going to do in like an hour would get you there. You know what I mean? And so what I found out was that by by doing this, I was using this really strong craving, but then I was going to, uh, I'd go in there and instead of eating the tacos or the pizza or the donuts or whatever was in my head at the time, I would shove this bacon in my mouth <laughs> or this ribeye steak. And what ended up happening with, that was just a complete blessing accident is like within a month of doing this, I'd wake up and I was, I'd be having that cortisol attack and I'd be kind of freaking out and I'd wake up and I'd have a craving, but all of a sudden the craving was for a ribeye. And I was like, what, what, you know, I, I mean, it's, it, it caught me off guard. I was like, man, I just got to get in there and get a ribeye. And I was like, what, wait, what do you mean a ribeye? <laughs> you know? Like you should be wanting pizza right now. But I actually had retrained and used some of that anticipatory and uh, endorphin fix and, and like that whole 
process of the habit and, and the addiction, I'd used kind of the the process of it and changed <laughs> it created like a new habit and created like new taste buds or something a new craving and all of a sudden i started craving bacon i started craving ribeyes and that was another huge game changer you know and do you it think incredible. i'm curious like because even just hear you talk through some of this you know the methodical nature of your approach and you know and systems and you know yeah. your emergency protocol uh is that is that really coming from like that way you know growing up in the work that you did like do you think it is and it is, isn't you, you know, where do you think it, that comes from for you well i think that that my mind works that way for sure but also what i really really think it was is that when things got so serious i really had to start breaking everything down and i was stuck in my chair i was stuck in this small world i mean my world was 12 foot square there for two and a half years and so I had nothing but time to look at this stuff. And I was really, I was trying to save my life. I was looking for everything. And so I think the beauty of carnivore is that it really is an elimination diet. And the beauty of elimination diets is that you can bring it down to such a simple level that you can analyze absolutely everything uh, and what it does to you. And then you can start understanding your body, you can start hearing cues from your body, first of all, and then you start understanding it more. Plus, I just, you know, I, what I'm guilty of, I don't, you know, I, and this should go for anybody that's got a weight problem. Like, absolutely, you had a hand to play in this and you're not, you know, you're not without blame, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't do any good to blame yourself anyways. It, what happened then and where we're at, like, we can't do nothing about that. Put that in the past. Don't carry that with you. But it is good to understand it makes so much sense how we all got duped into this thing because <laughs> you know our food environment has been screwed up all right 74 percent of the population of the united states is overweight or obese okay you cannot you cannot cause that much of a societal change uh without screwing up the environment right our food environment has changed the way we uh, you know, what's available to us, the way we, uh, the way our doctors push stuff, the way the doctors push medicines and everything, it is, they've screwed up that system. So my biggest part to play in this now, I don't, you know, I was young when I was drinking all this soda, like, you know, I was 600 pounds by the time I was 14. I don't really beat myself up over that because that happened before I even started having a real good idea what the heck I was even doing. You know what I mean? But what I'm guilty of is I kept going to the doctors and trying the same thing and getting the same stupid result. And the reason why I was honestly doing that was because I was looking for a magic pill. I, I wanted the magic pill. I didn't want, I didn't want to face the, the real totality of the situation that I was in. And that's what the doctors I think sell. That's the most dangerous is they make you believe that they're going to put you on a protocol and there's a pill and a regimen. And if you just do this little thing uh, that, you know, you're going to get out of this pretty bad situation that you're in. And, and it, we're all smart enough to know after we tried that, you know, half a dozen times and it didn't work. We should question why it's not working. <laughs> But we keep mindlessly doing it, and I think it's all because we're truly intimidated and scared to face to face this thing without the belief that there might be an easy way out and a and a magic pill for it. You know, 
So that's where I'm guilty of it. But uh, look at, so looking back at it, I think what made, to, to go back to your original question, I think what made me start thinking that way is I finally took that responsibility on myself and I stopped looking for this magic pill. And I started doing research and really, uh, you know, because it's incredible how much information is at our fingertips now. YouTube is, YouTube and podcasts like yours and stuff is so full of uh, awesome information from people that have nothing to gain from. They're just, they're just putting their story and their information out there because it freed them, you know, and they want people to see that. And so there's, there's no ulterior motives. Nobody's selling drugs or, you know, a product for the most part. There's some amount there that are, but there's great information out there. And that's what got me thinking about this methodically and analytically was that I was looking at all these things that had worked for other people. And I was realizing that, you know, this is a complicated, nuanced problem and no two people are the same, but you can take some of these principles that other people have used and understand how what's happening to your body and how to kind of how to kind of work these systems you know when i had the emergency protocol i was just trying to hit that other that second off switch on the stretch markers i had no idea that it was also powerful for making this new habit forming kind of system where you're you were basically using the power of all these these cravings <laughs> cravings and these addictive cycles that you had grown into my whole you know or that i had grown into my whole life and i was able to kind of game them and actually repurpose them to a good habit you know what i mean and that was pretty strong you know which it's it's clear like that was a part of the work that you were doing man like what was your did you before you went full carnivore were there What's the best way to phrase this? Like, were you concerned about how much of an elimination diet it is? Um, no, I mean, so it's so funny. When you first look at carnivore, it seems so incredibly restrictive, right? The idea of just eating meat, <laughs> you know, like even when I was doing keto and I thought, man, I got to cut out cheese now. <laughs> <laughs> that leaves me like five things, you know. Uh, it seems incredibly restrictive, but I'd done so many, I don't know, what, what would you say, extreme things of not eating and and doing silly things. Like, it didn't matter. I think, I think my situation was so dire, and I see this with a lot of people. I think if you think carnivore is restrictive, you just haven't been put backed into a, a corner hard enough yet. You know what I mean? Like. Um, I was talking to this guy and he was like, well, the problem with carnivore is that if you ever stop doing it, you're going to gain the weight back. And I was like, yeah, I, okay. There's, there's a lot I can say about that. First of all, I don't know about any diets that if you, you know, that say you only have to do this for a little while and then you can go back to eating the sad diet, you're going to gain the weight back. If you go back to that way of eating period, I don't care what diet you're on. But then also I look at it this way. If let's say that, you know, because I look at obesity like a disease now. And and so let's say I had AIDS and somebody came to me and said, hey, the you're, you're still going to have AIDS, but you can relieve all the symptoms and basically all but cure yourself as long as you just eat meat. I don't think that people with AIDS would think that that was too restrictive because I think they would be happy that there's at least an option for them, right? At least there's something out there that can save them. You know, and that's the way I look at it now. So I, I don't worry about how restrictive it is or how 
much of an elimination it is. Plus, <clears throat> you know, plus I'm a huge Jordan Peterson fan. And so I was following Jordan and Michaela Peterson's um, path, you know. And I mean, look how, I mean, Jordan Peterson's been just eating beef and salt and water for five years now. <laughs> He's one of the smartest guys on the planet. So I'm like, yeah, I wasn't really, really worried about it. The fact those, those things were the things that made me really start seeing that, you know, because when we're all going to our doctors and dietitians, right, they're telling you that if you do anything close to this, your heart's going to explode and flop out on the table, you know. It's, but when you see these people doing this and putting that great information out, and and I know Jordan Peterson, <laughs> you know, he's thought this through, and 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 you know, if if he sees, you know. If he's not worried about it, I'm not worried about it type of thing. And so that was kind of my, one of my big, uh, I don't know, things that put me at ease about the whole thing. And and now, but I was also just in a desperate enough situation. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't. Well, you couldn't get out of a walk. chair. Like, yeah, I couldn't get out of a chair. Stand. I couldn't. Yeah, I mean, this is, I, this is stuff I hate to put out there, but it's, it, I do because it's honest. I was, I'd had to pee in a bucket next to my chair, you know, like that's ridiculous. I mean, how dehumanizing of a place to get to in your life is that, you know? So that's what I say, you know, it goes back to that analogy where, you know, one guy goes in, he's got a sprained knee and they give him three aspirin. Another guy goes in and he's missing his leg from the knee down and they give him three aspirin. I was the guy missing, you know, the leg from the knee down. So for me, I'm just lucky and happy that carnivore is an option. It, you know, and, and gives me an option. It gives me a way out of this, right? Because, you know, people say carnivore is restrictive. I'll tell you what's restrictive. What's restrictive is not being able to breathe. Right. What's restrictive is not being able to get to the bathroom. What's restrictive is not being able to walk, not be, you know, to be restricted to a 12 foot square world. I mean, my, my mini fridge, my bathroom, my, uh, cooking area my desktop and my working area was all within and where i slept was all within 12 feet that's restrictive right. carnivore is not restrictive well, carnivore is is the thing that's given you know has given me my life back and know? i think you you hit on something really big because regardless of what the way of eating is like it's that my because the person asking that question usually has the mindset of well you can't do anything forever. The only thing you can do forever is to continue to eat the standard American diet for some reason. You know, that's a perspective. Like it's that person that says, well, I'll die. You know, I get it all the time when people DM me and they're like, I really want to do keto, but I can't live without bread and, or I can't live without cake or I can't go without X, Y, and Z. And my response to that is often, well, when you feel like you might be able to live without that, yeah. come back and talk to me. Totally. Cause they just, they haven't, they haven't been put to a pinnacle where they have to make a decision because their situation is dire enough. I guarantee you that when you're really truly looking at something that's going to take your quality of life from you and possibly, you know, very shortly take your life from mm -hmm. you, you'll be happy to give up bread. Right. And it's, and again, it, and it's not that every person has to do the same exact thing, but it's you have to find that thing that you can, it should be that you're looking to find that thing that you're going to sustain and do for the rest of your life or until your goals change or until you try to accomplish something different. But 
you should be able to envision what you're doing as being something you can continue doing. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be, I'm going to do this for 90. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do this for however long it takes for me to hit my weight loss goal. Cause I've had, I've worked with those people, you know, in a coaching perspective, you know, the person who says, I want to do this until I get to my goal weight. And then I want to, I go, I want to go back to being able to eat what I used to eat before, but I want to be able to portion control it. Yeah. Terrible idea. And that's the first, like my, and that's during our first discussion before we started doing anything. And, you know, my response usually is then, well, why don't you just portion control it now then? Exactly. Like if you're going to be able to do that, do it now. And they're like, well, I'm right now. It's too hard for me because of all of these things I'm dealing with. I'm like, okay, but understand that and they're like well the, or and then of course it's well you know i saw someone online who lost all their weight using this diet and then they were able to then they were able to go back to eating what they were before with portion control and i'm like well that's a unicorn you know and good for that person and if that's what you want to try to do i wish you all the luck with that but understand that the reality is like especially if you're someone that has struggled with food from an addiction perspective or from a coping mechanism perspective or, and, you know, or from that biological perspective of affecting hormone levels and all of those things, the reality is, is that you may not be able to do what you want to do. And in the end, it's having to be able to figure out what does my body need and can I do what my body needs and find ways to make that livable and sustainable, but it needs to be about more about need than want. Yeah, and exactly, and and there's there, there's something that happens. I, you know, I'm probably not the the analytical guy to talk about this. I like this wasn't an area I, that I focused on, but there is definitely something that happens where you just have to get to a point a point that you're accepting your situation. You just go, okay, I'm I'm not the guy that's ever going to get to to eat things in moderation. Like I'm I'm an abstainer. I cannot do anything in moderation. I, I know that about myself and I can fight it and try to come up with all these ways to use willpower to fight that and still implement it. But the honest fact of the matter is that it's just way more, you're setting yourself up for fall every time and it's probably never going to work for you. And, and why keep trying to, to force that to work when it's really just because you don't want to accept the way things are, you know, like I got a buddy who's like six foot four and that dude eats four times as many calories as a day as I do. And he can't gain a pound. Right. I'm not that guy and I'll never be that guy. <laughs> you know, So I, I might as well just stop wishing that I was that guy and trying to find some, some dietitian that's going to turn me into that guy. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And also I used to, I used to make all these plans where I wasn't going to be happy until I got to this. There was always a goal. There was always like this picture in my head of how I needed to get to this place. And then that'll fix all my problems. And then I'll be happy, you know? Well, when I got sick, you know, it used to be that goal was being like lean and fit and muscular and, you know, have all the skin gone and, and all of these things. Right. <laughs> well, when I got stuck in a chair for all that, you know, over two and a half years, I sat there and I was praying to just weigh 500 pounds again so I could walk to the bathroom. All of a sudden, those, that goal disappeared to being this this muscular guy. And now that, that really did free me up to appreciate all the things, you know, we call them non-scale victories, all these non-scale victories every day 
that were giving me my life back. Like, I can't tell you how ridiculously, ex I was on the phone. I was on the phone one day and I was working and this is after I'd been on carnivore about four months. And I was, I had my water, I was on this long business call and, and I had my water bottle in one hand, my phone in the other. And I was thirsty and my voice was getting to where I couldn't talk to him and I had to keep this phone call going. And I just stood up from my chair to go into the kitchen and get water. And it threw me back because it had been, I don't know, four, five, six years since I was able to get out of that chair without like pushing off the armrests, you know? And like rocking myself out of it, the fact that I had both my hands full and just stood up effortlessly blew my mind, you know, like it actually, it made me kind of speechless and I kind of paused on the phone call because I did it instinctually and all of a sudden I was standing up with ease going to get, you know, something as stupid as standing up out of a chair. One day, uh, my dog's toy went under the bed and I knelt down on the floor and grabbed her toy and stood up and I the realize that I hadn't voluntarily gotten on the floor in like six years, you know, just these crazy things. And so when those start, when those, when you're so grateful to have those things back and they make such an impact that puts you, you, you finally just kind of accepted the totality of your situation and you're, you're no longer, you're just grateful to have any options that are going to bring give you your life back and it no longer matters if you're if you get to be the guy that eats bread or uh you know or any of these things or if you're ever going to get to be the guy that's you know lean and muscular or whatever and oddly enough i'm closer now to being lean and muscular than i've ever been in my life and it didn't happen until i didn't care about that you know and it's because this is it's a quality of life factor that someone who is not really bad you know and now we'll get into clinical terms like super morbidly obese when you start to regain quality of life things that went away and have been gone for a long time like that being able to stand up easy get being able to get down on the floor being able to you know for me i remember the first time that i was able to shop in a store again you know and not get so and not get so have so much back pain and be so winded that i could do one aisle and have to leave like or not even not even get in from you know, understood that if I wasn't going to park right in the first row, that I wasn't going to be able to even get in somewhere. Like when you start, and, and here's where I think it, that can branch in two directions. You start to get quality of life back. So you slip because you, it's like, we're, it's, we're very easily, we can be very easily convinced to be comfortable and say, well, that problem's gone. But once you've, re you've run in that roller coaster for a long time, you know, that, that means that those problems aren't gone. Um, so it's allowing that quality of life to be the motivator and understanding that at points, the scale matters at points, the scale is it's one of the data points that can matter, but it's not the most important thing. It's not the thing that subsumes your existence anymore because it's like, even if so in those times when weight loss slows down, it's being able to say, yeah, but look at all the things that I can still do that I couldn't do before. And I'm able to do them with ease right now. So if this week the scale isn't my friend, who cares? Because I'm able to stand up. I'm able to walk across, you know, I'm able to walk through the mall. I'm able to walk out to my car without feeling like I'm going to have a lung collapse. Like, totally. Well, remembering and, and, those and, things is important. Go ahead. Yeah. And it's, it's just like all those, it's so crazy because 
what's what I'm addicted to now is putting up these big numbers like like this is my 10th month that I haven't drank anything but water, you know? I love that because it makes me want to have a year of not drinking anything but water. And I know when I get there, I'm going to want to have two years of not drinking anything but water. You know, this is my 10th month of not having any sugar at all and not eating, you know, any carbohydrates except for what's in eggs. (laughs) There's a, a micro amount of carbohydrates in eggs, you know. It's putting up those numbers. It's been a long time. In fact, I got to tell you this. This was really amazing. Um realization i had just two days ago so like my last vice is was uh, i chewed copenhagen and i have since i was a teenager and uh i just was getting to this point where i knew i didn't want to do it anymore you know uh mainly just because i'm really enjoying right now nothing having me dominated you know with habits and I've kind of broke all those things and it feels really good not to be kind of a slave to anything, you know, to any kind of habit. And then also I'm, I've got a YouTube channel now and so I'm doing videos and I hate seeing my teeth <laughs> looking dingy on these videos and stuff and I'm putting them out there for forever. So it was just time. It was time to quit. Right. But so I, about two weeks ago, I decided I was going to quit and I set this date that I was going to quit on. And basically I had three cans left and when they were gone, I was done. You know, but at the same time, I started this new priming protocol, which we can get into later. But it's uh, basically eating a bunch more than I was uh, because I started realizing I had been doing OMAD for so long and I was actually under eating for so long that my metabolism was slowing down. And so I actually had to st- I started a priming protocol with the steak and butter gang, which has been amazing. But it was it's very difficult, which also makes you feel good that now being able to eat enough is your new struggle (laughs) like from where we come from that feels really good because it feels like man i really did get i really beat this uh this overeating thing you know but um so anyhow but the priming protocol was making me not sleep well and so i hadn't slept good in a week and i also was working on one of the biggest projects at work that i'd ever worked on that week when i was supposed to quit chewing and so it came down to the time where I was running out of chew and I said, you know, I'm not going to quit chewing this week because I don't want to jeopardize priming. I want to, I want to have, I want to do this on a better week when I'm more prepared for it. Like it's not a good week to stack an extra thing on right now. But when I said that I was waiting, I was waiting to, for this guilt, you know, this guilt hammer to drop because in the past, Anytime I said, I'm going to start a diet on Monday and I didn't do it, I, I would just beat myself up because I knew I was making excuses, you know, because we, we I, you know, anybody that's ever done diets, you're like, oh, Monday, I'm going to start a diet. And then Monday comes and you're like, well, you, you come up with something. Right? Oh, well, we got that company dinner or, or, you know, it's a holiday. So I'll do it after, you know, I didn't think about that. So you end up just kicking that can down the road and it goes for six months and you never start, you know? And so I knew that about myself and I knew like immediately as soon as I thought and I said, I'm not going to quit chewing this week. I'm going to do it next week after I'm through this, this bad part and I have a better foundation. I didn't feel guilty, but it was weird. The only thing that was bugging me about it was I was feeling paranoid and I was like waiting for this guilt hammer to drop because I wasn't feeling guilty and I didn't know why that was. And I finally had to sit down. 
And I was really had to think about it. I'm like, why is it bugging me that I'm not feeling guilty? And why am I, do I feel paranoid? Like I'm going to fall under this like depressive, guilty anxiety thing again. And what I realized was, and it was, it felt <laughs> really good to realize this was I, 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 I'm not an addict anymore. I'm not a food addict anymore. And so I can actually trust my own motives and my own, I can actually trust myself again. And so I wasn't feeling guilty about it because I had actually, it was like my subconscious knew that I actually did have my best interest in mind when I decided not to quit chewing that week because I did not want to jeopardize priming because it was going so well. And I wanted to also start on the best footing I could to have to be have the chance of being most successful at quitting chewing the first time, you know? So I actually made a decision that was not an excuse. It was uh, built for long-term success. I wasn't freaking out about it because I no longer feel like I have to do everything immediately and be so extreme about it. Like I can make, um, I can, I can change the plan that makes best sense for, you know, being successful. And it didn't bother me, but the biggest thing was I realized this feels incredibly good that I can trust myself again. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, uh, it's like my addictive personality is not sitting here lying to myself and my subconscious knows that I'm lying to myself. And so you're having this big guilt problem, you know, which is, which is a powerful realization because having gone through so many experiences, you know, when I relate to this, this concept you're talking about, like knowing that there are times where, the addiction is this is a is not an irrational voice. It's 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 the voice that sounds the most rational of any voice you're hearing. You know, I have to continue doing this. Well, I can't give that up because if I give that up, that's just going to lead me down. You know, it's like that. You know, the person that's afraid to 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 take that new step because it's that addictive part of them that realizes that taking that trust, you know, trusting themselves and taking that step is going to lead them further from that place of addiction. Totally. Yep. And so, and you know that, and you know that inside your gut, your, your soul, your self, your subconscious, whatever knows that you're lying to yourself. It knows it. And so you have this inner struggle and this fight and, and it, you know, your addictive part that's trying to protect the addiction and trying to save you from doing this really bad thing that's going to be really hard and it's, and it's going to be a struggle and it's going to be terrible that part is fighting you but down deep you know that this is just another thing that's keeping you further from your goals and it's another thing that's going to procrastinate for another week a month a year whatever and you're going to get sicker and so you have this inner turmoil this inner conflict and it was the greatest feeling the other day. I can't really even explain it unless you've been there, but it was the greatest feeling to go, oh, wow, I can trust myself again. I'm, I'm no longer making, like, this isn't my addictive personality talking. This was actually my analytical side saying, this is what is best to make a good long-term decision. And that felt fantastic, to be honest with you. When I realized I could trust myself again, I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is, man. It is. And so we're in uh, the, the end, we're almost in November. And by the time the people hear this, this discussion, it may be November. Um, so, you know, you really got started, you know, you started back with keto last September, got f really focused into carnivore in January. And here we are now, you know, the almost to the end of the year. 
what for you, you know, and I think we just talked about one of them, you know, that, that learning that you, you can trust yourself again. What have been the most significant changes in your life that have come this year? <laughs> There's so many of them. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy. I could, we could talk for 10 episodes, but so the big, one of the biggest ones is the depression and anxiety is completely gone. I like, I have none of it like, and, and it's just crazy. The other one is I have complete and total appetite control. I am never hungry. I never have cravings. Like the addiction is completely gone. Um, also, I am completely off all the medication. I have, I take zero medications now. I'm completely off of oxygen for the first time as I'm sitting here right now. You know, since I was 18 years old, my oxygen saturation was 88%. As I'm sitting here right now, I'm not on any oxygen and my oxygen's 96% saturation. Um, I Which is fantastic. To, yeah, it, that's a miracle. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a bloody friggin' miracle on mm -hmm. its own, truly. Uh, I used to have a resting heart rate of about uh, 99 to 104 beats a minute. Now, as I'm sitting here, I have a resting heart rate of 68 beats a minute. You know, that's incredible. Um, I have full mobility back. I don't worry about nothing. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it's just stupid. The things that, that are so awesome now. I mean, just yesterday morning I was in the shower and, you know, I used to literally, first of all, you know, it was lucky if I could get, you know, a shower a week because it was just so hard to get in there and I would be hanging out of the shower and I'd be worried about falling and it was just a nightmare. And now it feels so good to be able to take like a 20 or 30 minute long shower, not be winded. And then I was, I was standing in the shower just yesterday morning and I was like, the shower's getting so big. <laughs> I was like, I looked down and I could see the drain, you know? And I'm like, wow. I've, it just dawned on me. I'd never seen like the drain in the shower before when standing in there. <laughs> you know? Just these stupid things, but those are all awesome every day. Uh, a big one was when I went out to my car and I fit in my car again. I, I can drive again now. That's pretty huge, you know? Uh, just the fact that I still, uh, I go on Amazon and stuff and I look at things and I go, oh, that's got a 500 pound weight limit. I can't buy that. And then I go, wait a minute. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> You know, right now I'm 460 pounds, you know? And so it's just like all of a sudden, you know, I can buy things again. And, and the fact of the matter is that the weight's coming off every month. It, like, I don't even have to think about it, right? I don't wake up thinking, oh my God, I hope I don't screw up today. I wake up going, man, I'm, I wonder how much better I'm going to feel today, how much stronger I am going to be today. I mean, I sleep so much better. I'm, I get more rest and wake up so much more rested and refreshed after five hours of sleep now than I used to after like trying to get like 12 hours of sleep before and waking up gasping for air, you know, uh, just everything. Like, I, I mean, just, <laughs> just everything. I mean, people don't realize this. I couldn't wear shoes. My mm -hmm. feet were so big and swollen. I couldn't wear shoes, you know? And yeah, that's, and that's why, like you're talking about, we could probably list, you know, do another, do another two hours just on the changes, like understand, you know, to give in, I think it's good to highlight some of these things because there's probably a person sitting there saying like, you know, one, there's, there's a person listening who's never had to 
who's never lived life without those things and so doesn't have that conception. So I think it's good for them to understand that when they, because there also might be the person who's sitting there going, okay, yeah, he wanted to make change, but did he have to go that extreme in terms of the, the changes he made to what he was eating? But like you said, the extreme thing is accepting the fact that your world had become like a 12 foot square. You know, that was, that's the real extremity. You know, if, because like we talk about it all the time, you know, in our, in our culture, you know, if taking a medicine would take a, you know, is going to take away an issue, like seeing food as medicine, it's, and it doesn't mean that, you know, and that's, this, that's the, the fine line to walk with it is because for every, not every person can change what they're eating and get rid of every medication that they need. There may be some things that they still need or things they need to work through or it takes time to get through. But understanding that it is, there are people that have seen that happen speaks to the power of food having some impact on these things that are going on with our bodies. And I think it goes back to something like you said in like the first like 10 minutes of, the, of this discussion we had, you know, going back to the very beginning, um, the idea of not just saying to a person that they need to be consuming less food, but that they need to be paying attention that it is important to pay attention to the, the nutritional value of the food that you're eating, getting oh, your body the things that it needs. Like the I, most important part. And that's, you the know, and I, I, I don't know. I feel like I've ranted probably four times over the past four weeks on this podcast about this, but the thing that kills me the most is seeing these incredibly built trainers offering to people <laughs> that I'm going to teach you how to lose weight while yep. eating all of your favorite foods without restriction, you'll never have totally. to give them up. And totally. it, I, I'm always like, well, maybe there's a, a, maybe there's a purpose to giving up some of those foods. <laughs> like maybe there is a benefit that uh, that person <laughs> could get if they were open to the idea of well, paying more I, attention to the quality of the food. I mean, and eating. it's so ridiculous to think that they, that because they're healthy doing this thing, this certain way that they think that they can, that they can relate to every human being and that that's this cookie cutter plan. I mean, look at people. Some people have nut allergies. Some people get hay fever. Some people have different reactions to different things. And we accept that all the time. But when we think about it in terms of like metabolic disease and weight, we can't make that distinction that, that people are different and there's nuances between different people and their, and their makeup, you know, like that's ridiculous. Well, and, <laughs> it's, it goes, it, well it's, and it goes to that idea like even like i would and it's something i always say because like especially me being in the keto space like i and i have friends that are not in the keto space that will always be like well did you see this study was released that showed that x y and z had no impact for people and i my response is always well were the people that were studied in this study hundreds of pounds overweight for decades like were they did they study 300 people that were 500 plus pounds because more than likely they didn't. So understanding that, yes, on a genetic level, we're all similar, but the expression of our bodies and the way we have lived and the factors that have impacted our every process in our body comes into play and that there is a difference and that there sometimes needs to be different pathways taken. And why, why get so high up on a soapbox and scream that you want everyone to be eating candy. Like, I just don't get it. Like, if if stopping eating those things makes a person feel better, physically allows them to move through the world again, 
why is your mission to say to that person, I just want to get you being able to eat candy again because you can't live without it. And it's like, really, like, I think investigate that your motives. Like, I don't I think that. Well, and I think that it shakes people's own worldview, right? People people get uncomfortable when they have to accept something. You know, they build a structure of beliefs around a certain system, and they they see the world in a certain way. And if you're doing something that's different, that's having a big impact for you, that's outside of their their worldview, and you have a positive impact, it threatens those people. <laughs> It does, and I don't know why it should be celebrated because I'm one of the, I'm a person that thinks that there's there's no downside to being wrong. If you're right, then that's good. If you're found out that you're wrong, that's that's good too because now you're not doing you're not believing a wrong thing. You, you can make the change. You know, like finding out the truth, even if it means that you're wrong, is way better than believing something that's wrong. You know, so don't shore up a worldview. Uh, that's harming you and and just because you don't want to go through you know it's uncomfortable to find out that what you believed or what you thought or how you related things uh, for so long is is not correct right it, it is kind of a hard pill to swallow but once you get used to it it sure is freeing <laughs> because you're gonna have a lot more success in life uh, you know dealing with the reality of things rather than what just the beliefs that you want them to to be you know what i mean and and that's what i find out with people it's it's like when i was 700 plus pounds but i was eating a way that other people felt was right they were okay with that because it it it, it, it wasn't uncomfortable for them but when i lost uh you know several hundred pounds over you know 250 pounds now and they're confronted with that and i'm doing it eating butter bacon and ribeyes <clears throat> that freaks them out and so all of a sudden now they're worried and they want to get involved in a conversation about my personal diet. And it really just has more to do because it's shaking their own personal beliefs, you know, 100%, 100%. And really at the end of the day, it should be about finding what is the path that's going to help you as a person being open to what that path might be and, and not just living. And again, you talked about this a, a while back, like, giving up the search for the magic pill and understanding that it's going to take some work to find what's going to be right for you in the end. But if you're willing to put that work in and you're willing to try things that you may not may, may go contrary to what you think, you know, is the quote unquote norm. Yep. You, the, the possibility being there should be enough to help that, you know, to help you say, okay, I'm going to give this a go. Because I'll, I'll, I'll also speak to the other side. There are people that, you know, specifically, you know, there could be people in different metabolic circumstances who going strictly carnivore has a negative impact on their bodies. Like totally. my brother's one of them. Right. So, but yeah. so it's not that we're sitting here saying, okay, guys, look at what Todd's been able to do with this way of eating. Everyone out there, go out there and do this right now. But it's, it's more saying, look at the journey that Todd's been on. And look at what he did to find himself in this place that has now, you know, I like the, you know, you talked about, you know, putting up those big numbers. The big numbers are about way more than your weight. Like you were talking about, like being able to do these things, you know, being able to have that quality of life, being able to access the world, being able to free yourself from addiction, like finding that right path for yourself should be the ultimate goal. 
Absolutely. You know, the weight, the weight is icing on top of the cake, to be honest with you. What feels better than the weight is one, the quality of life that I have back and the mobility that I have back and the strength and now the options that I have and the fact that I have a future again, I can wake up with hope and make plans for the future that I couldn't make before. But in addition to those, the numbers that I'm addicted to, they're the only reason why I'm loving putting these numbers up is because these are, you know, these are things that I never thought that I was going to be able to do, or they seem so far out of reach to, to think that I would only, you know, that I would not only beat soda addiction, but that I would be happy like actually happy just drinking water for 10 months that I would be, you know, happy, never having sugar again, <laughs> I'd be happy, never having any, uh, any carbs again for 10 months. And not only, man, not only am I happy doing it, it's, it's become the easiest thing, the easiest thing and the most meaningful thing that I've ever done, to be quite honest. It's, it's incredible, you know? And I always say this to people, just like you were saying, if you're willing to put in the work, well, I put in work on a lot of things that didn't work. And, and now I'm putting work in on this. And the thing is, it rewards you, it pays you back. And it, it like, it's not effortless, but the thing is, is once you break through that wall and you keep working on it, it pays you back. It'll make it easier. It'll, it, it breaks the addiction. It balances your hormones. It makes you metabolically healthy. It gives you strength back. And so the, these are like, it's, it's a snowball effect. You, you get results. It gets addictive, but it also gets easier and you get stronger, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's so much easier to do this. And, and, I've always said, I'm not on here to tell anybody this is how exact. You need to do A, B, C, and D. And if you don't, you're doing it wrong. I'm not on here to say that. What I am here to say is I tried all these things. This is the situation I found myself in. None of those things worked for me. This did work for me. I don't have all the answers to tell you why it worked for me. I have some hypotheses as why I think it did. I can tell you some things that it seemed to really give me some strengths that helped work in my favor. I can tell you how I related these things and how I kind of, how I kind of relate to them and how I've kind of, you know, mentally put a, you know, put a, a new habit and a new um, routine together about what I know about these things. But all I'm telling you is what I did and, and how amazing it's been for me in hopes that if you've been down a similar path and you found yourself somewhere somewhere anywhere in the realm where I was that at least it gives you something to try and maybe something to believe in and hope for and just try it and see if you see if it can help you. That's it. You 100%. know, hundred percent. Well, Todd, you know, I, no, you go ahead. I just wanted to bring up one more thing and, and this, this, I'm not just trying to do a shameless plug here. I actually just want to talk about this. So first of all, I avoided the camera my entire life. <laughs> hated pictures in the camera that's one of my biggest regrets right now is that i don't have more pictures of when i was you know when i was at my heaviest but i i wouldn't let pictures get taken me or any of that stuff because i hated it so bad but i ended up doing this youtube thing because it it truly has been miraculous and now i've out of this when i was doing carnivore <clears throat> i didn't see anybody my size doing this and i it, like i believe that carnivore was a good, a good, um, you know, a good thing to try. And I believe that it worked for a lot of people, but I still thought that I was too far gone and that it wouldn't work for me. Cause I didn't see anybody else, you know, that was 700 plus pounds doing it. 
And I thought I just dug myself too deep into a hole that it was a Hail Mary and I was hoping it would work, but I didn't really, I didn't hold my breath, right? Well, since I did this, uh, Carrie at Homestead Howe found Bill Knott in Alaska, who I don't know if you know about that, but they're going through it right now. And, you know, he's he's been, I forget how long he's been stuck in his house, I think like four or five years, over 700 pounds, but now he's like 100 days into it and getting his mobility back, and that's crazy. And then when I started my channel, Limitless Lindy is her name on YouTube. She started her channel, and she's down from 771 pounds to 295 pounds in mm. 21 months doing mm -hmm. carnivore. And she, and that's incredibly uh, just amazing. Oh, like, yeah. She's so amazing. And and so she reached out to me in one of my comments. But at the time when I was doing this, I didn't know that there's anybody else 700 pounds or even 600 pounds that had done this. And... And then all this stuff started coming out. And so Lindy contacted me through the comments of one of my video. And now we do a show uh, because me and Lindy were just talking offline one day. We just wanted to meet uh, through a Zoom call. And it felt so good to relate to things that only people in our position could relate to. And that was so powerful when we were having that talk that we decided to do a live stream uh, every Sunday and hopes that there'd be somebody like us that, that we could relate to. Well, man, it only took two weeks and uh, we're going to do an interview with him, but he's actually helping us with our channels now. He's He's got a lot of IT experience, but he's been stuck in his house for 17 years and he's uh, like 722 pounds and he's uh, now nine, nine, uh, 90 days into carnivore and it's changing his life. And so these people... There are a lot of people out there in the, you know, five, six, seven hundred pound realm that that are out there not uh, not you're not seeing a lot of them, you know, and and especially six, seven, eight hundred pound people there. They don't feel like coming being being out in the limelight or having any of this in. But it's really reaching them. It really is. And so I'm I'm really excited to see where this goes. But, you know, I just pray, <laughs> you know, man, I know what it's done for me. And, the, like, people are just going to have to check back in with me in a year. And I think I'll be down another 200 pounds in another year, maybe 150, who knows. Uh, but there, there's not a doubt in my mind that this is going to take me. I, I, I don't know what my goal weight should be. I have no idea what I should weigh. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day that. When I get to like under 300 pounds and I see a two on the scale, I won't have weighed that since I was like eight or nine years old will be the last time that I've seen that number on the scale. So I have no idea where that's going to be, but I do know in another 12 to 18 months, I'm probably going to be in that range. And there's no doubt in my mind because <laughs> I, for the first time ever, I'm just completely in control of what's going on here. And so I just wanted to put that out there. Um, that you know and that I, I have a channel called the carnivore cure uh lindy's got a channel called limitless lindy uh bill Mott is his name in alaska and if you're if you get anybody's curious about that but you know we're not like i don't make a penny off of this this is just uh because i want to spread the good news because man it it gave me my life back and it gave gave me hope again gave me a future again and it's just the biggest thing that i've ever done it's got more you know the most meaningful thing that I've ever done for sure. Which you started. And, uh, no, you go ahead. 
Oh, and, and yeah, I just wanted to put that out there because uh, anybody that's needing help or reaching out, I, there's another place that me and Lindy are both uh, members of called the Steak and Butter Gang, and it has just been just been great. I'm, I'm Coach Raymond's helping me right now with this priming, and this I was going to bring this up one time too. I found out recently I'd been doing OMAD and only eating once a day, and I was only eating about 2,100 calories a day. And my metabolism started slowing down. <laughs> so right now I'm doing uh, priming. And uh, this is my 16th day on it. I've eaten over 110,000 calories in the last 16 days. And I'm feeling amazing. And I'm down 8 pounds mm -hmm. eating 110,000 calories. It's uh, Obesity, especially on this scale, is actually a disease of malnutrition. Mm -hmm. 100% man. And you started to answer the, you know, the next question, you, you, you went in the direction I was, I was going to head us into like, I, you know, I've, I've appreciated every, this incredible deep dive that we've taken. And for those people listening, when we started this recording, it, the, my intention wasn't for us to do two episodes, but I'm turning this into two episodes so we can get the full story, you know, and it, get the full truncated story as it is out there anyway. Um, but if people listening to like, if, if they're hearing what you're talking about and they're inspired or even they just want to keep up with what you're doing, you know, you, you gave your YouTube information and I'll be sure to put that out. The lives that you're doing with Lindy, is that on YouTube or where is that? Where yeah. does that live? Yeah, me and uh, Lindy both, uh, both stream it live every Sunday at 3 p.m. Uh, Mountain Daylight Time. Um, in the United States, it's actually, she's in Australia. Um, so it's a day later for her at 11 AM. Um, but yeah, that's at, so it'll be on both of our channels, Limitless Lindy and Carnivore Cure. Uh, and so you guys can come check it out then. Plus, you know, we also put the videos up later of our live stream if you miss it, but I'd love anybody that has, you know, anybody that's struggling and, you know, can, can relate or, you know, if you think that you're too far gone, if you think that, you know, you waited too many years or you, you've gotten, you know, heavy enough or your situation's got dire enough. I mean, Lindy was 771 pounds and she lost 400 pounds in four months. Incredible. You know, uh, it only took me five and a half months to go from being stuck in a recliner for two and a half years to being able to walk and get off oxygen again. I mean, the, the this eating the proper human diet and, you know, or at least what I believe the proper human diet is for me personally and getting the nutrition in the building blocks that your body needs to balance your metabolic system and your hormones and, and start repairing tissue and actually, you know, repairing the mitochondria, repairing your gut microbiome, those things, they are incredibly powerful and they can, it's, it's, it doesn't take 10 years. I mean, sure. It might take 10 years before you get to a place in your head that you want to see, but the, the quality of life, it'll give you back and the options and the hope uh, that it'll give you uh, is just incredible. And so I just encourage you, if you're stuck in that spot where you just don't have any hope and you don't think, uh, you know, you think you're too far gone, just check out some of these stories. And I think it, I think it might, uh, might change your mind. Definitely. Where else, Todd, can, can people find you if they want to connect with you? I'm on Instagram at the carnivore cure. I'm on rumble, uh, at the carnivore cure. I'm on X or formerly known as Twitter at Carnivore Cure. 
Um, and I'm also on TikTok. I don't do a lot on TikTok, <laughs> but I'm on TikTok at the Carnivore Cure as well. And also you can email me at the Carnivore Cure or the Carnivore Cure at gmail.com. Well, Todd, I have honestly really appreciated this discussion that we've had today. And I, I've loved hearing uh, your experiences and what you've come through. And like I said, before we even started recording, I'm sure at some point we're going to have another reason for you to come back on and, and, I definitely think there will be, you know, we can do a great follow up in a few months and just see where things are at and how things are going and how things have taken off even more with the live streams you're doing. I think that would be great. But yeah, Mike, I, I got to tell you, I, I sure appreciate the opportunity and I love what you're doing, man. I'm I'm a huge fan. I didn't, you know, this is new. The, all the social media stuff is new to me, but I am. I got to tell you, it was it's it's something I wish I would have done earlier because I can't believe how being in this this community keeps you hyper focused on your goals and it, it it's so encouraging uh it's encouraging to see other people's stories and and learn from other people and it's also keeps you super hyper focused when you see other people are kind of like the the more success i have the more i can possibly kind of pump somebody else up and and give them give them uh give them hope make an example and that's uh Man, that's that's another thing I've been getting addicted. To. I mean, the comments that come through—I'm sure you see them all too. It's just—it's incredible, man. It just—I definitely recommend getting into a community like this because it—it's more helpful than I ever thought it could be. One hundred percent, man. Well, Todd, I end every episode with five questions. I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So, question number one: Living or dead, man? Who is your favorite fat guy? John Candy, for sure. I like it. He's mine, so I like it. Question number two. Todd, what is something about yourself that you love? Oh, I guess anymore. Uh, what I'm really liking is my my latest. I'm just, I'm all in or I'm all out on things. And mm -hmm. that used to be a detriment, but now it's starting to be a, uh, a positive thing that I'm, that I'm actually accepting more about myself and enjoying lately because I love... I uh, I love the energy that I'm able to put into things that, you know, th passions of mine and particularly this uh, weight loss journey that I'm on right now with other people. That's something that I'm, I've been enjoying more lately. Question number three, man, in this, on this journey you've been on, what do you think is the most important new habit that you've built? The new habit that I built is patience. I think honestly, um, because I used to feel that I had to do everything now where now I've been so much more relaxed just to be happy with small increases because I'm realizing that with patients, all these little consistent things add up to be great, big life-changing things. I like it, man. Question number four, Todd, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Not health, fitness, or weight loss related. Um, that is a tough one. Because right now my whole <laughs> mind is is in that zone, but um, I would say you know I would say it is and it isn't related, but it, it's to grow my YouTube channel so that I can reach more people. And even though that is fitness related on my end, it's just like uh, networking. I just I really just want to reach more people because I'm. So, I, 
I, I can't tell you how taken back I am by the comments and the people's struggles that they share with me now. And it's just, I mean, if that doesn't change your life, I don't know what will. 100% man. I love it. And question number five, Todd, last question for you here on the main recording. And then Todd and I are going to jump over and do some after show recording for the Patreon. So if you're not signed up for that, get signed up, but here's Todd's last question today. Todd, if you could go back to yourself and let's put, you know, you talked about September 28th, 2022 being that first day. If you could go back and give yourself a message on that day, what would it be? It would be that uh, stop beating yourself up. Like, uh, let let the past go. <laughs> All the failures don't matter to what I'm doing right now. Like, it uh, just because you failed on these other diets... It doesn't matter. I used to look at all those as failures. Now I realize that I was just finding out what didn't work and that brought me to what did. So don't, don't, uh, don't, don't reduce yourself to, you know, your, your, your history or, or, you know, just because you fail doesn't mean you're going to always fail, right? It's, you just got to keep, keep moving forward and keep adjusting the plan until you find out what works it, it you know in my mind i thought because i'd failed so many times that i was that was it that was just going to be my life you know it was just going to be a series of failures until it was done and uh really now i realize there's i mean it sounds like a you know it sounds it sounds like a platitude or a hallmark card but the fact of the matter is you really got to look at things like there is no failures you're just you're either learning or you're succeeding one of the two you know Understood, man. Understood. Love it. Well, Todd, a big thank you here on the main show. I truly have appreciated all the time that you put into this discussion today. So thank you so much, man. Yeah, I sure appreciate it too. It's been a blast and uh, I am, I'm, I'm definitely a new fan. I've been uh, listening to your podcast now. I, <laughs> there's so much, this, this community is so big that I, I, I hadn't seen in your podcast before, but now I'm a fan. So awesome. I, I appreciate it. Well, thank you, man. And everyone, I'm going to put all the contact information for Todd in the show notes of, of these episodes. So make sure you're connecting with him. You, as, and you all know, you can connect with me also on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto. On X at Gourmet Goes Keto, you can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And then, my friends, after you're done with all the connecting, remember, go out there, do something today to amaze yourself because you're the most amazing people I know. Then catch us here on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Mm-hmm.